Well, as expected, the RBA doesn't plan to raise rates this year. Everyone else thinks they will. So Philip Lowe will have the chance to explain why that is later on today. Plus, inflation in Europe. Will the ECB be forced to move forward on rates? We saw German two-year bonds above the ECB deposit rate today. And the Aussie dollar back up. Just a bit of year-end readjustment, perhaps. Always feels good. A lot more comfortable, isn't it, after you've readjusted things? It's Wednesday, the 2nd of February, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a small fall in the US dollar this morning, but a 0.6% rise in the Aussie dollar. It's up over 71 US cents now. The pound is up almost half a percent, a small rise in the euro. US equities are pretty flat. We've got a small move down in the NASDAQ, a small move up in the Dow and the S&P 500. But with all of them, the least action we've seen in a while. We had a bit of a retreat, then a climb back, but not really a, a great order of magnitude. A quiet day for bond yields too. One basis point added to 10-year treasuries. German 10-year bonds up three basis points and you know guess what that's three basis points above zero wow uh, but as i said it's two years really that we should be talking about and we will italian 10 years are up 12 basis points this morning oil is down as well wti and brent both down about a third of one percent as we record this so all in all a pretty quiet night uh, look we'll look at the rba in a moment with nabs ivan cahoon uh, first though he is nabs rodrigo catrill in sydney that rally just for a couple of days in u.s stocks that has stopped uh, we've seen uh, strong job openings in the u.s and the ism manufacturing numbers are strong too so i wonder whether this is all adding to the speculation that the fed is going to go hard and heavy this year and uh, is that what has stopped equities in their tracks um morning phil well well i suppose the first thing to note is that you know uh, you know the nasdaq has gained over four percent or actually over six six percent uh, in the previous two days and and similarly, the S&P also had had very good, solid days prior to today. So a little bit of consolidation after those big gains seems reasonable. Um, um, and I suppose in terms of the, the Fed rhetoric, if anything, there, there's been a sort of a bit of a pushback on, on this idea that uh, 50 basis points uh, could be considered for, for, for a March hike. So um, I, I would say that the, the Fed narrative is sort of coming down a little bit into sense of, yes, uh, pretty much all Fed speakers believe that hikes are coming, um, but there's been a pushback in that sense of, of, of an acceleration of, of a drastic increase in terms of the number of hikes. Um, so that's actually been a positive one and, and one that has played into this improvement of risk appetite that we've seen. So to me, the, the, today is more of a consolidation after a, a few solid days. Um, and then the ISM is also painted a, a nice mixed picture. You know, it's still a little bit softer than, uh, than before, um, but still very much at a solid level hmm. um, but it, but, uh, of 57.6. But price is up as well. So, you know, another sign of inflation sitting there that, you know, the Fed will obviously want to try and nip in the bud. That's right. So I mean, when, when you look at the narrative of the survey, it's very much this idea that COVID still playing its its impact in terms of the shortages of critical materials uh, and difficulty of transporting products and so on. Um, but there's also been some signs of uh, a little bit of that, that backlog uh, pressure easing. Uh, so in fact, we saw that index drop uh, six points to a 15-month low. So it is still encouraging, uh, and it does play to the view that, you know, these disruptions in terms of the supply side are here to stay over the course of 2022, uh, but hopefully they, they'll show some signs of easing uh, rather than increasing in terms of, of tensions. Yeah, and what about the tightness of the labour market? Because job openings, and of course this is the week for it because we get non-farm payrolls, 
uh, at the end of the week. We get the ADP numbers tonight as well. But we've had the uh, the JOLTS numbers, job openings up to 10.9 million jobs available. That is a lot more than uh, people looking for work. Uh, but we've also, the quit rate has slowed as well uh, a little bit. But I mean, still very high. 4.3 million people uh, quit their jobs in December compared to 3.4 million uh, last December. So what's your take on where the uh, the labour market is heading in the US? Well, I suppose the more important thing is what's Fed Chair Powell's take on it and, yeah. and, and the others within the Fed. And if anything, uh, when, when Powell spoke uh, a couple of, last week, he, he mentioned the jobs report as an example of the uh, you know evidence of, of the tightness in the labor market. So if anything, this reaffirms that view that the labor market is very tight in the U.S., notwithstanding the expectations for a soft uh, non-farm payroll sprint this week. So it's basically the message that you need to look through the, the January soft print uh, and that we should expect further uh, rising in, in job creation, if you like, uh, over coming months as well. Yeah. I mean, there's a structural factor in all of this as well, isn't there? I mean, there'll, there'll be jobs created that aren't getting filled because people don't have the skills and they have to reskill if, it, if that's possible to try and fill them. And that can take a bit of time. It's not going to happen overnight as we come out of the pandemic. I'm sure that's an, an element of it, isn't, isn't it, as well? Yes, but it, that, that still means that the labour market remains tight. And, and there's sure. obviously another element about, you know, the limit of, of your, your speed limit in terms of productivity and growth, given that you can't find workers as well. So Yeah. Yeah, and that is not just a, a U.S. for another day. <laughs> it's not also not just a U.S. phenomenon. I mean, unemployment does seem to be recovering quickly in lots of places. So people are emerging from their lockdowns and getting jobs. So unemployment in the euro area fell a little bit from seven point one percent down to seven percent in December. Uh, but uh, you know, it was over eight percent a year ago. So that's still pretty good. Uh, a big fall in Germany: forty-eight thousand people uh, found a job last month. So that's all more evidence for the ECB to absorb before tomorrow night and of course you know we've got Europe's inflation numbers today as well for for January so it's going to be interesting to see how despite all this evidence you know can they hold their position and say look we're not in any rush yes um, and certainly uh, the you know the market perception uh, is shifting in that regard and yeah. I think you mentioned earlier how we've seen that big jump in um, the two-year uh, European... Well, sorry, I mentioned the, the 10, yeah, two years grows to minus 45 basis points, which is the highest it's been for six years. And it's above the ECB deposit uh, de- deposit rate, more importantly. So that says a great deal, doesn't it? It says a great deal. And it also highlights, you know, it's not just about the price action or, or the nice, but really over the past 10 days, it's been a very significant rise in the two-year rate. So that repricing... Uh, you know, reinforced by the data is is also a story in Europe, uh, coming from, of course, very suppressed levels. Um, the the general sense is that this 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 week will be probably a bit too early for for the ECB to, you know, change its tune. Uh, but certainly, there has to be an acknowledgement of of the improvement on those inflationary pressures that is occurring, like in many other places, including Australia, a lot faster than uh, central banks had expected. So. Um, it, to some extent, it sort of justifies that, that, that expectations of uh, um, ECB rate hikes uh, later in the year. And, and we need to wait and see for, for the arguments that the ECB will provide in order to, to be patient, uh, mm. like in a similar way the RBA has been saying. Right. Well, let's talk about the RBA now. Sit tight, Rodrigo. Back to you in just a second. Uh, but we had the RBA, of course, making uh, an announcement of sorts yesterday. Yes, an end to QE. No to interest rate rises this year, despite the upward revision to inflation forecast. Let's get the lowdown of all of that from uh, from NAB's Ivan Cahoon. So, Ivan, I mean, Australia is not immune to inflation. Who'd have thought it? 
Good morning, Phil. Yes, um, some quite big changes to the RBA's forecasts um, revealed in yesterday's board meeting. Not really surprising though, um, the inflation rate has printed much higher than uh, forecast by the bank again in the fourth quarter and unemployment has continued to drop uh, much more quickly than they expected. So they had to move on those forecasts and they did. Um, and there were quite big movements. In fact, the bank is now forecasting core inflation above the top of the two to three percent target band. So at three and a quarter percent at the end of this year and only moderating to two and three quarter percent at the end of next year. So that's a very big um, change and it's the first time we've seen any inflation forecast like that for many, many years. Also, good news, they're forecasting the unemployment rate to drop below 4% late this year and to end uh, 2023 at 3 quarter percent And obviously, that's an excellent outcome for Australians and for the Australian economy. So, I'm, we've got all of that going on, but we've still got no moves, no clear moves on interest rates this year. I mean, have they brought forward the ex- expectations at all uh, for a rise from all of this? And what's NAB's view on when that'll happen? Well, we'll all be watching with bated breath the Governor's uh, speech um, later today at 12.30 in Sydney. Uh, Remember, as recently as late last year, he was uh, um, talking about um, 2024, 2023 rate rise being a possibility and 2022 being very unlikely. Uh, I think if you look at the forecast for inflation and unemployment, you can no longer say that 2022 is very unlikely. In fact, it looks more and more uh, likely, I think, that late this year, uh, the Reserve Bank will begin, like other central banks, to uh, to remove that policy uh, accommodation. In fact, those emergency interest rate settings that were um, were put in place in the in the pandemic. Right. Well, we'll see what they're going to say today. But I mean, did they hedge their bets in, in any way yesterday? I mean, have have they admitted that? Well, maybe we will look at this year after all. Yes, I think the the bank is building a bit of optionality in. Um, They're still wanting to see wages pick up. They're still thinking that uh, perhaps some of that inflation pick up might be transitory and related to pandemic factors. Uh, But they've actually, the optionality they're building in is that instead of wanting materially higher wages outcomes, that word materially has been dropped and they're actually looking at uh, whether the inflation pickup will be more persistent. Uh, And if that's the case, then probably you don't need um, wages growth to be as strong as previously. So I think that's an important, um, if subtle, uh, change in the bank's uh, communications. Mm, For sure. The other thing to say, of course, is the quantitative easing program was ended yesterday or announced that it will end very shortly, as widely expected. Uh, a little bit of a surprise, they will um, consider at the May board meeting whether to reinvest uh, bond maturities um, and really with what's going on in the economy, what other central banks are doing, the progress on inflation and unemployment, we would be very surprised and indeed we expect that they will not uh, reinvest the bond maturities that are happening in the second half of this year and uh, 
early next year. Okay, thanks, Ivan. So off Mm. to the Governor's speech. Indeed. So all eyes on the Bank of England and the ECB tomorrow. But before that, uh, Rodrigo goes back with us. Uh, The New Zealand Q4 labour market update. So we're going to see how much tied to the labour market is there. Although, am I right in thinking that the RBNZ is actually expecting that the unemployment rate over there will start to rise later this year? What's the story there? Yes, that, that's quite right. So in terms of the, our expectations for today, for instance, the, uh, our colleagues mm. in New Zealand still expect the unemployment rate to fall further to 3.2, which is actually consistent with what the RBN said is expecting. But the difference is that the RBN said expects that the unemployment rate will actually begin to rise in 2022, uh, whilst our colleagues in New Zealand believe that we will see further tightening of the labour market over the coming quarters. So that's the distinction, uh, if you like, between the two. Um, from from our perspective, if you like, um, there, there's still that, that economic narrative, and very much to, to what we were mentioned earlier, that sure, that, that maybe the... the, the the New Zealand economy is facing some restrictions in terms of ability to growth, but in terms of the labour market, it remains very tight because still there's more demand for workers than what is out there. So, so that will keep that tension there and wage pressures there. And again, that will be a big inflationary uh, factor that will force the RBN said to continue to hike over the course of the year. Yeah, and I mentioned the ADP numbers uh, coming out tonight as well, ahead of non-farm payrolls and uh, obviously what Philip Lowe's got to say, and earnings as well. So we haven't really talked about that. Uh, we're getting uh, pretty mixed results. Uh, yesterday, Exxon, for example, ExxonMobil doing very well. They've, uh, uh, they're going to buy back $10 billion in shares, they said. We've got Alphabet, Starbucks, PayPal and uh, quite a few others today. Uh, Spotify. Spotify. Well. I wonder if, yeah, yeah are, are they going to get rid of Joe Rogan? What would that do to their share price? Because, <laughs> you know, they've got this fight, Joe Rogan versus Neil Young. Which one would people rather listen to? I know which one I'd rather listen to, but who makes the most money for them? That's, exactly. That's the question. So, I mean, the share market's going to react to this. I guess, I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the big tech story, how Alphabet's doing in particular. Yeah, I think that the, the big tech story, particularly in this environment of expectations of a rise in yields, is an important one because many, you know, talk to the idea that the sensitivity for, for these big companies in terms of those those yields for repricing their cash flows. Um, but, uh, you know, unless you think there's been a change, a huge change in terms of their technological advantage and, and price power that these companies have, uh, you know, a rise in 10-year ratio yields from 1.75 to 2.5 or even 3% shouldn't re- really be that material. Mm. But, of course, that's that's the debate uh, that exists. So it will be important to see how how they're performing and, and their outlook as well. Yeah, and, and quickly before we go, I wonder what the Aussie dollar is going to do today. And the Kiwi, they were uh, they're back up this morning, uh, a bit of a readjustment. We talked about the month end earlier in the week. Uh, sort of portfolio rebalancing might have been part of it so it was a bit oversold now it's back again is it going to hold its position well yeah first of all we're very 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 pleased to see them both rising and we we thought that not only from a fundamental basis but also from a you know technical perspective they they looked oversold to us Um, and so so we we sort of looking at at both antipathian currencies and we look a little bit more comfortable in terms of the levels that they are here um, again, uh, we got to remember both are very much risk sensitive currencies. The improvement that we've seen in, in equity risk sentiment has been significant. 
And still in the background is the tensions with the Ukraine, which at the moment, it seems that at least Putin is leaning towards this idea of more dialogue rather than increasing tensions. So that, again, is a, is a positive one and a theme to follow. Yeah, well, Boris is there, so uh, they'll have a bit of a party sorted out, uh, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm sure. All right, we'll leave it there before, before I get us into trouble. Good to talk, Rodrigo. I'll catch you again very soon. Thanks, Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And that's how it all is this Wednesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. I'm back again tomorrow morning. See you then.